Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. COVID-19 is a pandemic that could redefine who we are. Unfortunately, change is hard for many. We are asked to stay at home on lovely days and distance ourselves from one another. Human beings crave interaction. A new change for some is the fact that they can't pay their rent due to their job has dried up. Mortgage are not going to be paid this month. Schools have been postponed until May in some places. Not to mention, City Hall has shut down until Friday. These uncertain times has gotten many of us to re-examine their values and some remained entrenched. Fear and superstition, along with misinformation, is eating away at our confidence and brave talk. For the unhoused perspective, we have been through many of these abrupt changes. And we have weathered many storms and we will continue to. The unfortunate thing about these news order that Bear Garcetti has did with the 42 shelters that he's proposing, he's relying on the same entrenched ideas of unhoused people, which is not going to get unhoused people to go to those shelters. In fact, the CDC director stated that we could practice our own social distancing unless they provide motels and hotels where we can have access to running water, bathrooms, and be able to have our belongings and not worry about the draconian rules that these recreation centers offer. This episode will discuss we are all in this together. We're going to have interviews from people that have faced economic uncertainties, maybe on their way to being unhoused, and we're going to be discussing the matter with people that are currently unhoused and how they're coping with the coronavirus 19. This is Theo Henderson from Weedy Unhoused. This is day one of Mayor Garcetti's stay-at-home or shelter-first policy. 
which is punishable by jail time and fines, which despite the economic uncertainty, who the hell has the money to pay for that or who's going to put them in jail to get reinfected? So here I am at North Broadway and Cesar Chavez Street in Chinatown, and I'm having to go to the bathroom like anybody else, like any other human being. And yes, I'm unhoused. And when I go into the restaurant, I'm stopped by their two tall tables blocking where the bathroom is. In the past, uh, Starbucks has been sued for denying people the right to use the restroom. And Starbucks president had finally agreed to let everybody use the restroom. But there's a strong anti-unhoused sentiment here in Chinatown as well as around the world, but uh, in particular in some places. And Starbucks on North Broadway and Cesar Chavez is no exception. They have uh, removed the phone charges for unhoused people. They have taken a very aggressive approach. So here is the problem today. I walked in, went to try to use the restroom, and I was stopped. I had to get into a four to five minute conversation demanding my humanity be respected. I explained to them, I said, well, what did I thought that Starbucks had made the, uh, the agreement that anybody can use the restroom. Her argument, one of the employees' argument, was that based on COVD-19 virus, that you have to buy something to be magically cured in order to use the restroom. I sought clarification because I needed to be understand how ridiculous this is. Because I'm not buying anything, I'm, a, I'm not allowed to use the restroom, which is a, a human bodily function. But if I buy something from the capitalistic regime, then I'm cured from COVID-19. And once I argued that point down and I said, you know what, I'm going to report this, the manager comes out and states that as long as I use the bathroom what it's for, don't take showers, don't wash up, I took offense to that. So are you saying I'm using the restroom to wash up? And exactly, I know you're not telling all of your customers that. You're only singling out unhoused people or people that you perceive to be unhoused. I don't bring the accoutrements that people associate a stereotype with unhoused people with. And I just basically stated, which, which was true, I had to use the restroom. So this is day one. This is when we talk about, when we hear this ridiculousness about the city talking about acting in love, this is not love. This has never been about love. This is about political compassion and expediency to try to justify the horrific and hateful things that they have done. This is the system that I fight against. Because if we do not, if we use the blanket thing that all, all of them are bad and all that, they are able to scurry in the corner like roaches. These kind of situations and in times of crisis, they will scurry out and do damage. If we cast the light onto this ugliness, it is our responsibility as all Los Angelinos, all Americans, all human beings need to speak out about this and say something. Instead of just sitting there um, uh, uh, patting the beast, we should be taking the beast out of its cage and putting it somewhere where it needs to be, in the dustbins of history. This is Theo Henderson from Weedian House, and I thank you all for listening. And I will keep you updated on all of the uh, travails that unhoused people have to go through during this first day of Shelter First. May we all again meet in the light of understanding. Day two of the stay-at-home order issued by Mayor Eric Garcetti. You can hear everything here in this park and in this uh, city. There's no traffic on the freeways. There's very light foot traffic and many people are hunkered down in their home. But for the unhoused, as I've been in going through different encampments, they have practiced what we've always had as a social distancing from society. 
the city has offered 42 shelters, particularly one in, in Alpine Recreation Center, uh, to house unhoused people. They claim it's voluntary, and I have opinion that they're a little bit different. One, the city has always has a different message. Their track record thus far has always been about criminalization. So they will have police that ban these shelters. The second thing is, they've always had this belief system like Catherine Barger, Nuri Martinez, Mitchell Farrell, and 11 other council members about unhoused people's belongings. They have a garbage can bin where unhoused people will have to store them in a garbage can, which will be easily to dump when they leave or if they found a fraction, despite whatever it is. Look at the subtle messages of that. Could you take your parents' stuff and put it in a garbage bag that they hold that is essential for their survival? Could you put your stuff in a garbage can and being told to lay on a cot where you may have health issues like me, arthritis and a bad ankle and other health issues? Could you live in a closely congested place where there was limited showers, water, hand sanitizing, and probably as well as you know, as I know, shelter staff is not always the most kindest. Can you live there? These questions and more will be seen this Monday at these 42 shelters being open around Los Angeles. Day three of the coronavirus lockdown. The order that was put in place by Mayor Garcetti, the shelter at home lockdown that began at 1159 three days ago. As you can hear the difference between the bustling crowds, the bustling conversation. This is Theo Henderson from Weedy Unhoused, and I'm sitting at the park in a very quiet, bucolic, eerie place. I'm going to ask people, housed and unhoused, how they are recoping with the coronavirus shelter-in-place mandate. Stay tuned for more. Day four of the shutdown shelter in place that was imposed by Mayor Garcetti. Mayor Garcetti had a press conference yesterday, clamping down even harder because of the concern he had. People were congregating at beaches and different types of parks and more 50 than others. Across the states, there have been people having parties like in Florida and other places, and a lot of the younger deaths has been creeping up. The death toll has spread. The Surgeon General has said that this week is going to be really bad. I don't know what that means, but what it is probably he's alluding to is the cavalier nature of the youth that really waiting to burn off steam and doesn't take the coronavirus seriously. There are conspiracy theorists out there that believes that this is not true. This is not a real event. It's fake news. But the death tolls has prompted Governor Newsom, Gavin Newsom, and the president to deploy the National Guard in New York, California, and Florida. Obviously, it must be something that's going on. 
this week's episode of Weezy and House, I am going in different facets of different, different economic stratas, from the unhoused, the housing insecure, as well as the working insecure. Please stay tuned. Theo Henderson from Weedy Unhoused. I had a bizarre encounter, and this is a reminder that we have gone and taken the COVID-19 into a blind, mindless panic, and we have to have a measure of calm. I left and went into the Union Station to go to the restroom because there are no restrooms in in Chinatown. And as I was going through there, I noticed there were gates and, and checkpoints and and all of the things that I guess that is a protocol for the COVID-19 or this uh, a pandemic such as COVID-19. And I went to get some breakfast. And as I came back, uh, the security card barred my entry initially. And I explained, I says, well, I just came through here. And he says, you can only be through there with a tap card or it's just as if the tap card is going to cure me of the COVID-19. Um, that's not, I don't think, is a medical sound procedure. And I explained to him, like, you know, I had, I had a tap card when I left, so why would I magically not have it? After dickering for a few moments, and I noticed a gentleman, a white gentleman, rushed through there, and I said, he didn't have a tap card. He finally relented and allowed me to go through there. So even there, there are several uh, layers to unpack there. One, uh, people of color are automatically deemed as suspicious thanks to the, the narrative that is already out here. Uh, even through panic and pandemics, we still hold on to those tightly held belief systems, um, I guess, to shield us from a harsh reality that we all are the same. And in this situation, COVID-19, they, death doesn't discriminate. You're dead, you're dead. You get COVID-19, you're going to get COVID-19. No matter what economic strata, no matter what race you are, and no matter what uh, orientation or identity that you embrace, you can be af- affected by the COVID-19, whether you have a tap card or not. This is from the CDC Director Führer. Unless individual housing units are available, do not clear encampments during the community spread of COVID-19. Clearing encampments can cause people to disperse throughout the community and break connections with service providers. This increases the potential for infectious diseases to spread. Here is an update from Dr. Uh, Torres. If you have pink eye like symptoms along with shortness of breath, coughing and sneezing and fever, check it out. You may have the coronavirus. This is one other uh, symptom that's been added that the ophthalmologist has been informing other uh, doctors that are treating coronavirus. Uh, So people with contact lenses are at risk. So be careful of that. Here are some other facts about the coronavirus. It spreads by person to person who are in close contact with each other. It is through respiratory droplets produced when an infected person coughs or sneezes. People are thought to be most contagious when they are most symptomatic or most sick. Some spread might be possible before people show symptoms. What community spread means, it means people who have been infected with the virus in an area, including some who are not sure how or where they became infected. If you are feeling the stress or know someone dealing with the stress, uh, please call 1-800-985-5990. 
uh, they also have on the CDC website of calling 911. But further on, when you hear it in House News, I don't, I don't advocate for that because they are spreading the coronavirus as well. This is more than you know. Hey, this is Theo Henderson from the Weedy House, and I'm here in Highland Park, and I'm learning, um, getting to know this kind man. He gave me uh, a spoon for some cereal that people were handing out. Uh, there's a food shortage, and I wanted just to get his experience on what's been going on with the coronavirus, or COVID-19. So let, without further ado, let's get his name. What's your name, sir? My name is Raymond Burr. Raymond Durr, okay. Uh, excellent. So, oh, <laughs> from Detroit. I'm from Chicago. So we used to have a big, pretty big rivalry with basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they rival real good up there. Yeah. So uh, how did you end up out here at Cali? Our family moved down here because we have family in Texas, so Texas met, met up with Detroit over here. Yeah, before that, it was either Texas or Detroit. Yeah. And, you know. And so which one's better, Texas or Detroit? Oh, man. <laughs> either of those, I, I got California, man. Oh, man. okay. Why California? Well, the weather mainly, but, you know, that's all I, I could see. But I've never been to Texas. I've been to Detroit, and it, it's old hell of a cold over there. Mm-hmm. The last time I was there, it was six below zero, and... I, I like the cold, but not that dog. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> right there, you know. I feel you. So, uh, has anybody came out and told you, explained to you about the coronavirus? No. I, How did you find uh, out? How did you find out? Well, from the news, but see, when CDC got involved, I knew it was serious. But I, I had, I, I was watching the progress of of, of the. The you know all everything was going on. Once Europe got shut down, I knew I knew we were next. You know, and viruses you can't really take the chance. And once CDC's involved, they're in charge, man. They take over, and it, the United States go by by what they say, and you know, it becomes law. Hopefully, it don't come become that bad. I just got a hospital for three months. Oh wow! How did you? Why did you get the hospital? I had broke my hip. So they put three pins. I couldn't walk, so I better start walking again. Thank God they held me over here at Lakeview Terrace in, in uh, MacArthur Park area. Mm-hmm. Real good people, man. Real, real good people. They deal with a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of mental disabilities, physical disabilities. Out of the whole place, I was like one out of six guys that were walking around without a wheelchair or any assistance, like canes or stuff like that. So... But it got to me after a while. I had to leave. I told him I gotta leave, man. Okay. Why? Leave. Why did it get to you? Well, uh, the yelling. I, I was in the room with two guys, and they they couldn't. Uh, they could One could use his hands, but the other one couldn't use his hands, legs. And he he had mental disabilities. He would mumble and cuss all night. Mm-hmm. And then the other guy, he would mumble and cuss all night. And he was a white guy, and uh, it just bothered me the things he said he was you always talk sexually stuff mm-hmm. and he would hit the nurses and call them these names it was so hard to ignore mm-hmm. and the nurses would tell me no Raymond don't say anything because they'll just throw you out mm-hmm. he, and he's gonna keep on saying it mm-hmm. at least here with you he shuts up you know a lot of the time now so I can understand that uh, let's I know the city is trying to do shelters and different parks and recreation. Would you go to a shelter after that experience? 
Well, I heard that. I've been in a few shelters. Shelters I don't like because... Why? Well, it's all street people. Not because it's all street people, but because of the scanners things that go on inside them places, man. And uh, they were, it, it's sad because brothers are... I mean, I get along good with all races, man. And, uh, and I'm already 61, so... You know, I don't play the kid games no more. But they do some scandalous stuff, man. Like, I was in the shower, and I, my clothes were right outside, and they would reach over and take my take the wall. And, and I, man, that's it's a sad thing, because if they didn't do that, and we got more united, like they've been saying for I don't know how many years, since mm-hmm. the 60s, you know? Right. 50s and 60s, they're saying the same thing. The progression, the progression... It's none. Everything else is the race. You know, you got uh, laws against all that. But as far as man not helping man, it, it's bad. I agree. Uh, so how, how many other encampments? I see a, a RV down here. I see another encampment. Are you over here? Is no. your, uh, you or another spot? Because I see another spot over hidden out into the trees. Well, Do the police come out here and hassle you guys? Uh, recently, it's been real bad. There's, there's a couple... I had a friend shot, and he just got done doing 33 years in prison. Mm-hmm. And he's not—he's older, but I mean, the prison wore him out. So he ain't no gangster or nothing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what happened, man. They, they down here, and they shot him, and you know, and killed him, man. It, it, it broke my heart, man. Mm. You know, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Everybody is, but that's what I mean. And I think, and I know in my heart, in my mind, scientifically, religiously, however you want to look at it, that this stuff of all the lockdown had something to do with it. Had, had a real good issue, a portion of, of cause, you know. Yeah, eating and bedding and that stuff, you know. I, I was saying too, like I I don't know this. I don't see many police cars around. Do they uh, come over and ticket you guys, or do you guys get any sweeps recently? No, they're they're more or less they're they're busy. Mm-hmm. And I know that I know the way it works. They got orders. Okay, we ain't on martial law. Right. So let's not go get out and, and you know we're not gonna do the GI Joe today. <laughs> yeah, you know. But if you see these guys. Uh, you know, flash, put the lights on them, uh, speaker, with anything, but let's do this right. They're street people. They ain't got nowhere to go. They're locked down. We don't want to make it seem like, hey, we're just clearing up the trash out the street. Right. So last night there was a lot of cops, a lot of cops, which... And, you know, I didn't say anything, but I look at my homeboy like, hey, there's a lot of cops that I look like, yeah. yeah. What, are they, what, what are they doing? <laughs> what, what were they doing, all these cops? No, they were just riding around. Oh, and riding everything. around, okay. Yeah, not only that, but because this is a uh, high, I ain't going to say gang, a uh, uh, high potential for for malicious mischief mm-hmm. and other things to go on. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm part of the problem, but if you want to call it a problem, but I just, like I said, I got in the hospital after three months. I, I barely came last night, and it surprised me, man. 
surprised me what's going on around here. It's so quiet. <laughs> yeah. Boy, it's been so malicious out here. I don't see much of it going on. It's like, it's so quiet. A, yeah. Like last night, it's so quiet. And I remember the riots, the LA riots. Mm -hmm. It's worse than that. It's like a stone cold quiet. And it's like the COVID-19 puts a stamp on, on the quietness, you mm -hmm. know. And you can't help but thinking this 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 virus shut, is shutting down the whole freaking world, man. Yeah. It's shutting down Europe already. Uh, uh, South America, uh, uh, it's shutting it all down. They're stubborn. They don't shut down nothing, you know. Unless you know bodies are coming through the window. <laughs> shut it down, you know. I was gonna say. Um, you're out here what would be the best way for us to help you to get you on your feet okay if i was looking for help i would say even if it was an extended pro uh, process like like this one she she helps us and uh officer chan gave me the card he goes look at bro you gotta get off the streets man he goes i'm not saying nothing bad about you but i see you all the time and you deserve it man he goes, you're, you're good, dude. You don't give me, never give me no hassle. I see you uh, scolding the youngsters and stuff. And he goes, I know you already. I see your record, and I've been knowing you. He goes, here's this lady's number. And he fixes you up with some nice places, rooms, which I already lived in, in, in Skid Row. But these are up on, uh, like, Broadway and stuff on Hill. Mm -hmm. But it takes a year to get the place. I would say something like that. Less time and get in the place. Let it, it, like me, I'll go through that to the to the the, the the washer. As long as the end, there's a real hole. I'm not holding them true to the word, but you know, you just if you I, just want a chance. Yeah, I want a chance to do it. You yeah. know. Okay. That's a reasonable request. Some people willing to uh, to do it, and they're ready. Like I say, it's a matter of timing and ready for them to do something new, as well as you deserve a chance like everyone else. I always believe that there's no one that deserves as more or undeserving. Housing is a human right, and everybody should be in some kind of form of housing instead of out here spending for themselves. It shouldn't be a punishing kind of thing. This is C.O. Henderson from We The Unhoused, and I thank you all for listening at Highland Park, and may we all again meet in the light of understanding. Good morning. This is C.O. Henderson from We The Unhoused. We are in the throes of the coronavirus, or COVID-19, uh, shelter-in-place order, and in essence, we're practicing social distancing. And social distancing means a lot of things. One may ask the question, how does people interview in social distancing? But we can do the same things, but we have to be creative in order to do it. The stories need, still need to be told, and we have to be creative, which is also a nudge to Council President Nuri Martinez, if we can be creative in finding ways to get information out to very distressed Angelinos, certainly you can find some creative ways of conducting a meeting that uh, help the housed and unhoused community. For example, they immediately freeze and put a moratorium on rent and mortgage payments as well as eviction notices. Right now, as we speak, people are doing what you say, Mayor Garcetti, and yet they're opening their door and see an eviction notice, throwing them out if they don't pay the rent, based on the fact that they don't have any jobs. 
and the jobs that they have that you are putting on your post is not always going to be applicable to the careers that some of the house residents have. Without further ado, my title of this podcast is called We're All in This Together. And in the studios now is her pen name is Sarah Chisholm, and she's the author of, can you show us the book, please? Um, I have a story in um, Made in L.A. Made in L.A. Made in L.A. Writers, which is, this one is called Chasing the Elusive Dream. And this is just a collection of stories by Angelinos about Angelinos, for Angelinos. That is exciting. I brought her on because she was on my first episode of Weezy Unhoused. And I brought her on because this was one of the things that I wanted to talk about. How did the coronavirus affect her uh, personally with her career and if her family, if there is any issues? So can you tell us a little bit, how does it affected you uh, career-wise? Let's take it from the top. Um, right now, basically, I am distance teaching, which, I mean, it's, it's good and everything, but I definitely, you know, have a worries for my students, worries for my own children, and worries for just the general public in general, because I mean, we're all in this, like you said, we're all in this together. And this has been a very difficult time for not only Los Angeles, but for the rest of the world. But definitely, you know, us as Angelinos, we have our own things that are happening within our city specifically. So that's something very important, which every city has, but definitely want to address like some reasons or some, you know, issues that we may have within our own city. Speaking of specific issues for Angelinos, I have been distressed and I had in episode 14, I had made a promo with the Zinmay owner and cook Michelle Liu and her restaurant Zinmay Bistro. Unfortunately, uh, due to the coronavirus hysteria, uh, she's panicked as well as the anti- Chinese sentiment that has been defacing her business. She is in a bit more of a frightened state and will not be uh, joining us this interview. Has you experienced any of this uh, anti-coronavirus sentiment? Um, Because you can tell us a little bit more than to the audience what's going on. Basically, um, I have like a interracial family, like a biracial family. My children are half Asian. They're specifically Chinese Vietnamese descent. And, um, you know, this is a population within California where it's a large uh, Asian population. It's about 12% of the population. Um, And a lot of people have close ties to China here or are of Chinese descent. And it's been really hard for my children specifically. My son is very, uh, very, (laughs) he definitely looks as if he's of Asian descent. Um, So he did get beat up. And I, wait a minute. He got beat up. What happened? This is like a, a nine-year-old child. Okay. Um, he came home one day and he's just like, you know, the, the kids had specifically said, these are their words, uh, Chin Chong, uh, coronavirus, you know, you're part Asian, like you're part Chinese and you gave this to us. And uh, like I saw a bruise on my son's shoulder and um, they had said like, I asked him like, well, what happened? And he said that they kicked him. So they they had him on the ground kicking him just because he's uh, part Asian. Do you think that this has anything to do with, because I have become alarmed and I don't know if many citizens have because uh, Megan McCain has a different viewpoint. She's thinking uh, that we live in a PC culture and it's not a big deal. 
But President Trump has been known to say the Chinese virus. Um, there are some insiders that in around his administration call it the Kung flu virus. Do you have think that his leadership or lack thereof has been instrumental in a lot of these uptick in anti-Asian attacks? Well, definitely. And I think that when we, you know, stand by the rhetoric of like naming viruses after ethnicities, I mean, <laughs> we can't do that. You know, viruses exist in every continent, in every community, everywhere. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we can't we can't label viruses like that. And I think it's it's definitely affected um, Chinese Americans or Chinese people who uh, not only live in Los Angeles, but live, you know, around the world, possibly, you know, the effects of it are very devastating, devastating for them. Because, like, I'm, I'm talking about, like, my son is a nine-year-old child, mm -hmm. and other children are bringing this sentiment, and, I mean, he doesn't understand. He's just like, it's just a virus. I, I have nothing to do with this. You know, this, he's even Chinese Vietnamese, so, like, <laughs> you know, his family doesn't even speak, you know, speak the, that language specifically and hasn't been uh, in China for, for quite some time. It's very removed from that. But still, because he's of Asian descent, part Asian descent, you, you know, people are, you know, children, other children are beating him up for this. Partly because children will reflect and do the good of us as well as the worst of us. I've looked through history and I haven't found it, but I remember the influenza of 1900. No one ever called it the honky virus or they never called him, you know, white people virus or any of that. So um, I was become disconcerted because I have heard kids talk about Ebola and they would use it as to use that to stigmatize African people and particularly Ebola was in the Congo. And so this is not un uh, unknown, but this is definitely a resource that has been used and tapped into by people who are using it for political gain. Uh, President Trump has said recently that he doesn't want uh, the Asian community picked on, but this is a little too little too late because he has also had rhetoric against uh, the uh, Muslim people. Uh, he's also had uh, rhetoric against uh, Latinos, calling them rapists and uh, MS-13s and this kind of thing. So it seems to be in line with a lot of Americans that has a lot of fear and ignorance, which I would like to speak on. Um, do you notice any other fear and ignorance that's going on? Because I, I can tell you, say a few, but what's what do you have? Basically, people are, are, and it's okay to be, you know, scared. I feel like scared is a natural reaction to something like this, of course. But if you're panic, like panic buying guns or things like that, I feel that that doesn't, um, or panic buying all the supplies at the grocery store. Please don't do that because, you know, like, it makes other people panicky as well. And it kind of creates this domino effect. And, you know, we're people the truckers and the grocery store workers and food service workers, they're doing their best to help us. And I mean, are you going to drink up 12 gallons of milk in, in, in a, a week? Month, exactly. Yeah. Because I mean, if you freeze it, it's going to be processed cheese, right? <laughs> so <laughs> doing things like that <laughs> is not helpful. It's actually in a lot of cases where the they're panic buying, it's actually going to be pretty wasteful. Exactly. You know, in the exactly. end, because you're not going to eat up like, 50 you know things of string cheese in two weeks mm -hmm. it's just not possible right. and <laughs> so your stuff is naturally going to rot so just to be mindful of that because panic buying it's like you're buying things where you should be saving your money because this is a national crisis and emergency so i feel like a lot of money may be wasted in that way 
um, definitely. I will add on a few, couple of things. So to be clear, uh, the coronavirus is not in the air. And I have had, when I, I won't mention the store, but it was very annoying because the owner is running around with masks. And I want to speak on that because a lot of the medical masks that has been taken away from healthcare workers that are treating people that need it. If you do not have the coronavirus, you're just panic buying and taking these masks that these probably could use to help save some lives. And secondly, as you can see here, it's not necessary to have over 50 boxes of hand sanitizer when we don't have, we have people in the unhoused community that needs these as well. There have hand washing stations by the city, but there's no water in it. No one's taking care of it. And many of the unhoused have no clue of what the hell's going on. So, so I also add that they usually don't stock it with soap. And I'm supposing they do that because they know like, oh, maybe unhoused people will bathe themselves there. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you you need to bathe, you know, everybody, exactly. that's a human decent right to exactly. bathe yourself. Exactly. You want to bathe yourself. Exactly. And especially during this time, it's important to stock those bathrooms up yeah, exactly. because they do need to, and open them. Keep yes. them open, please. Because <laughs> <laughs> they need to keep clean as well. <laughs> like, right? And they, the, and they want to keep clean. That's the that's the irony of this whole situation yeah. that they're blaming on how people, people are acting panicking. And here I have a, a, a San Francisco a mayor that's saying that unhoused people go home to go to the bathroom because they're and it's just it's the uh, ridiculousness so they are going to open up the recreational area they are supposed to be opening up 42 <laughs> but as of today uh the alpine recreation center has not opened the bathroom this is for people that have disabilities i went last night believe it or not to show uh restroom they won't open the bath they never open the bathrooms for people who are disability anyway and they refuse to open it due to coronavirus i had a challenge with the starbucks which i will uh elaborate further on in the interview but that's another issue so. well i mean you want to stop the spread of the virus and you have to make sure that you have adequate supplies for all members of the community and that's a big important thing i feel and i feel like you had said like we're all in this together so there has to be you know it's it like all oh, this chinese you know, sentiment, it doesn't just affect Chinese American people, you know, all this homeless sentiment, it doesn't just affect homeless people, exactly. it doesn't, oh, you know, people aren't able to pay the bills, this doesn't just affect house people, exactly. this, we have to be all in this together, exactly. as Angelinos, and just across the world, you know, that there's a difficulty here, let's band together, there's things that are very specific to our community, and there's things that are happening around the world, you know, this virus is happening around the world, and it can ban us as, you know, unite unite us all and i feel like that should be that should be more of what's coming out of this because mm -hmm. this is just kind of uh you know unbelievable you know there's a sentiment that they says if america gets the cold the rest of the world gets the fluke and as we see this now that that's a very true reality the coronavirus has crippled a lot of people that have relies on a lot of jobs that are one or two paychecks away and they are trying to do with the shelter in place and yet they still are facing evictions um, uh, scrupulous we're leaving the hand we're leaving the uh, responsibilities to greed and capitalistic. The capitalistic society is always going to be winners and losers. And the people that are not doing well and that are barely hanging on, we're relying on them. For example, the people in the grocery stores, we've been arguing about that they should have a livable wage, and we've had pushback on it. I think it's a crude sense of irony that we're depending on them to stay open and have them work all these hours, and we gave them a couple of dollars to assuage our guilt in this pandemic. 
They deserve more than a couple of dollars. They deserve a livable wage. They are basically keeping us alive. If they were to go on to strike tomorrow, this cold economy would collapse. So think on that. Um, is there anything else would you like to share from your book that uh, you wanted to talk about? Yes. So um, there's a new book that's in the works or in the progress. So I basically, I do have a story about um, Chinatown specifically and Chinese American identity. Mm -hmm. And I would like to read a little excerpt from it. And I mean, this book, yes, Made in LA, it is by Angelinos or Angelinos about Angelinos, but you can find commonality in it throughout any community. Um, because we want to also like cherish the landscape of Los Angeles, but also, especially since we're in this pandemic, you know, we're all in this together. We really are. And um, the third installment is called uh, Art of Transformation. And after this coronavirus and after this pandemic, there will definitely be some transforming, right? For us as a society yes. and, and all societies in all cities. Mm -hmm. So just something that I wanted to say, but this story is called The Fortune of, Th of the Three and the Kabuki Mask. Um, they didn't belong among the rice paddy straw hats, paper umbrellas, and flowery silken Chinese collar shirts. The red and white lacquer of the kabuki mask grew hot and glimmered in the sun that tilted through the window. I asked my mother why she kept them there. Why put them next to the mediocre jade bracelets and plastic amulets of jubile Buddhas? Wouldn't they have been better suited a mile away in one of the air-conditioned shops of Little Tokyo? She just grinned as she unwrapped the paper mache mask. Florence, my dear daughter, money is money, Ba said as he wiped down the, one of the glass countertops of our non-air-conditioned souvenir shop. Gray bellows of smoke from smoldering incense sticks attempted to claim every whisper of fresh air. I should have been kneeling my slender body at the altar of the front of the shop, my delicate hands and calloused fingertips, placing tangerines in one of its white porcelain bowls with indigo flower print. I should have filled one of the vases with fresh marigolds not yet dried out from the California heat, or lit more incense sticks and placed them sticking up in the rice that occupied a single bowl in front of the medium-sized smiling gold Buddha. Maybe if I had prayed, a gust of wind would have forced its way in and dried the sweat on the back of my neck so that all my long black pin straight hair wouldn't stick there. Maybe then I wouldn't have to blink away melted and smeared eye makeup. A brisk wind would have been the only way that I would get some air conditioning because Bob wasn't going to pay for shit. If money is money, why won't you fix the air conditioner? I asked. Ba gave me a fleeting glare. So this one is basically my story is that there's a, there's a Chinese American souvenir shop and the father has a kabuki mask, which is clearly like a, a Japanese. Japanese yes. Right, right. So the moral of this story is, then um, I can read another little excerpt. Right. But the moral of the story is, is that uh, not all Chinese Americans or Chinese people feel or think the same. And also definitely not all Asian cultures are the same. So when we speak about um, individuals having a very specific Angelino identity, having a very specific ethnic identity, we want to be careful how we portray it because it's up to them to portray their own identity and how they feel about that identity. And that's what this story is about. So as we go into this coronavirus crisis, 
and we're using that Chinese anti-Chinese sentiment that is not the way necessarily that everybody um, identifies there's very clear distinction between Chinese and Chinese American identity and both everybody's able to create their own perception of what they find themselves to be and uh, viruses are different viruses don't do that right. so <laughs> dead is dead whether right. you're Chinese black white rich unhoused and house so let us be clear that we're all in this together and it has been my hope as well as I what I've been doing with this podcast has been trying to educate people that have uh, engaged in tribalism and has believed in certain things about certain groups of people that that doesn't matter now it's over for that because if you fear that I'm a threat or you can't give let me use the restroom because I'm a human being and you don't see me as a human being then you are, are guilty of that conversely I'm guilty if I think all Asian people are responsible for the coronavirus this negative chain effect will harm all of us because again the coronavirus and dead is dead the coronavirus will not discriminate it will get equal opportunity death is what is on the menu. So thank you for all. Thank you for you coming in. And I... Um, I fist bump from far. Right, fist bump from far. social distancing. You know, right. You know. <laughs> thank you all for listening. And may we again meet in the light of understanding. Racist attacks continue to rise as corona threat grows. A unhoused man was violently attacked dies at Santa Ana Park. Police are searching for several people who attacked him on Saturday night. Numerous subjects were seen attacking him and fled before the police arrived. San Francisco Mayor London Breed asked the unhoused community to poop at home as the coronavirus spreads throughout the nation. In her own words, please we urge the homeless residents of our great city to please poop in their homes during the crisis. Return to your homes and relieve yourselves there, not out in public where you might spread the virus. In other news, the third Los Angeles Police Department officer tests positive for coronavirus, Central Division. The officer exhibited symptoms which include sneezing, coughing, respiratory droplets, fever, and uh, as now, pink eye, third case within the department. He's a potential danger to unhoused community members because most NIMBYs and people called the police uh, to set upon them. In other news, the unhoused community has gone days without water and food as charities close amid COVID-19 in Ipswich, Australia. Food manager Jason Button is concerned about the amount of people and the lack of food and resources to do it. Panic buying is to blame of this. Lastly, 98 police officers in New York City have the coronavirus. And this is Unhoused News. This is C.O. Henderson from Weedy Unhoused. This is another episode. Uh, we're dealing with the aftermath of what the coronavirus. Mayor Garcetti at 11.59 ordered a shelter to home uh, act. That means it's punishable by jail time and uh, fines and I guess other interesting uh, punishments for a already a very beleaguered population. So I'm asking on, on the street, I'm asking different residents, what is going on and how are they dealing with the coronavirus? So I'm going to ask a couple of questions. So Harvey, Harvey, what, how are you dealing with the coronavirus? Well, so far we're doing all right over here. Nobody's gotten sick. Um, 
it's been quiet. Uh, foot traffic is very low. The lawyers that usually come through here are not coming through here anymore because they were told that the uh, courts are going to be closed. So, uh, yeah, foot traffic and regular traffic that goes down the street is very quiet, very, you know, peaceful. A very eerie kind of silence. I've been walking around. My question is, has the city came and explained to you what the coronavirus and how it affects you guys? No, they haven't even shown up at all. Um, I would have thought Lhasa would have said something about it because they showed up with sanitation yesterday. Um, and they didn't show up today, of course, because uh, they changed their schedule uh, of when they can come by here. And that's Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, Thursday, excuse me, Wednesday and Fridays are the days that they don't show up here. So they didn't say anything uh, as from Monday, Tuesday or Thursday. So, yeah, nobody has said anything. Not even come by here. That's crazy. Uh I noticed there's a hand-washing station further down. Are there any portable bathrooms and any uh, rush or showers? I heard that they were going to roll all of these things out. Have you heard it? Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen any of it. Uh, yeah, I did see the wash stations down there, which I don't know why they put them down there. When there's not that many people that are living down there, uh, they should have brought them up here where there's more people up here. But I guess they figured that they want us to walk down there to wash our hands and walk back up while we're getting our hands dirty again. So that was a stupid move on their behalf. Uh, but as far as showers and porta potties and all that, nope, they haven't shown up. And I doubt if they're even going to show up because that's an eyesore out here. I talked to one of the unhoused residents that she said that there is a shower and spot a place down in City Hall. Is that true? I really don't know because I haven't been down there. Um, if there is, I why would it be over there? What would be the reason to put it over by City Hall unless they want to videotape you uh, going into whatever it is that you're going into? Uh, that's pretty stupid. That's still, to me, considered policing. I mean, what was wrong? What, 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 why not bring it out here where we're at versus walking over there? You see what I'm saying? That, that to me, smells fishy. So, yeah, I know I have it, but I will today, this afternoon. I'm going to take a walk over there, see if there is a mobile shower out there or how long are they going to keep it out there. Very good question. Also, that with the court, the city has been sued by uh, Los Angeles Community Network and Office of Catholic Worker, and they had been into very uh, embattled meetings with Nuri Martinez, Mike Fuhrer, and Captain Barger. And these names are very important for the unhoused community because they are the ones that have enacted legislation against the unhoused. They've been criminalizing the unhoused. Nuri Martinez is known for saying uh, that if we take all of their things away, then they will leave. Mike Fuhrer has tried to expand on 4118D to make it even criminalizing and having a 500-foot radius against unhoused nearing schools, churches, and insinuating that all unhoused people, all 60,000 unhoused people are child abusers and criminals, which uh, leads into where Captain Barger was also stated that unhoused people are not good neighbors. But with the criminalization and accident they, things uh, that they're trying to put in progress, they will be. So my question for you today is that what do you think about the new 42 places that are open at parks and recs for shelters where people are 5 to 10, 12 inches apart from each other? 
they just opened up the door for the virus to just enter without knocking. That's the most stupidest thing that the city and or county has ever made in moves. Now, that smells more like they're trying to really kill us. Hence why I've been saying it in the past that my area, I call it Auschwitz. It's the new version of it. No offense to any Jewish people or the community. It's just that this is what it's looking like in my eyes, that this is the new version of Auschwitz. It's just that our Hitler happens to be the mayor of the city. And his, his underlings are, are the other SS. employees. Yeah. yeah, they're the SS. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's stupid. I mean... I'm not going. I'm not going to go. I'm fine here. Everybody that's here in this area where I'm at, it, it, we're, we're fine. We keep the area as clean as possible. Um, sanitation even said so the other day that, uh, yeah, you guys are really keeping it clean and, you know, the whole bed. The only thing I, I'm worried more about is that they, who's going to be pick, picking up the trash out here? That's what I'm worried more about. I mean, uh, not to, so much of the virus, because here, as you can see, we're standing outside and there's a breeze going by here. So I don't think that virus will even linger anywhere here where we're at. Maybe in other areas, yes, but not here, I don't think, to me. So the, I think that's a very good point. I'm noticing that many encampments are very clean, despite the uh, belief system that's out there. And the reason why that there's such an accumulation of trash is because the city refuses to uh, pick up the trash because they want to paint the broad brush that unhoused people are a problem and a dirty. Here is another question I have, uh, as you touched on it, is that if you are packed in so tightly, like most shelters from the 1800s usually continue to do, the standard cold is a usually a common occurrence. There's been recent uh, outbreaks where a couple of shelter workers have been caught the coronavirus. If we have that like that with parks and recreation, this is going to be a problem. And most unhoused people are doing social distancing on their own. And you're not going to allow them to carry, bring their belongings because you're going to use that as an opportunity to throw their things out. Do you, do you think that's a fair assessment? Yeah, that's that. Yeah, you just hit it on the nail right there. Um, it's it's a, it's a new ploy for them and for them to start crying to the state again for more money and the taxpayers again for more money. Um, I'm hoping that the taxpayers will really look at, open their eyes and look at what Garcetti and, and his clan uh, have done, which is nothing. I mean, why, why do I want to be indoors? What's wrong with me living in my tent? That's indoors. I'm not bothering anybody. Nobody's bothering us. I mean, we're not, we're not in an area where, where, where it's filthy. So, yeah, it's the most stupidest thing that the city and, and the county could ever do with taxpayer money because that's now a new way to start uh, arresting and putting people in jail for nothing for absolutely nothing. They call it love. They may call it tough love. They may call it soft love, but they're thinking that this is love. But the problem I have is like most of the jails and hospitals and things, it has still that model from the 1800s. And there is lies the problem. I had a problem today going to Starbucks. I went to Starbucks and I had to go to the restroom. They have two large tables blocking the area. And when I went in, they stopped me. Do you know what they said? 
they told me that based on the coronavirus that I could use the bathroom. Uh, but if I bought something, then I could use the bathroom. I informed them, I said, wait a minute. I thought Starbucks was already sued for this. So you mean to tell me that the cure is buying a Starbucks coffee in order for me to use the bathroom? Do you think that's true? Yeah, because that's happened to several people out here that's gone to Starbucks to go use the restroom. And they, the management or one of the workers have stopped them from using the restroom. Uh, and told them exactly that. You have to buy something in order for you to use our restroom or to even use their power to uh, charge up your phone or tablet or whatever you have. They, they have now uh, taken all of the tablets, the charges out of those at Starbucks over there. So, I mean, it's like it's, it's becoming ridiculous. We've lost our humanity, but this really right there took it over the top. I was so angry about it. I said, you know what, I'm going to report this. This, this doesn't make any sense. And yesterday, I had to go to the bathroom. And I had a go to the bathroom in Chinatown. It's late. There are no bathrooms there. The, uh, the ones that uh, are available during the day, they're closed. The one I usually go to, he's closed until like in, in the late part of April. So I went to a restaurant called Full Moon to use the restroom. And do you know they did the same thing to me? They told me that even if I bought something, to go out to the alley and use the bathroom. <laughs> that is the most stupidest thing. Uh, yeah. Yes. This is Theo Henderson from Weedy and House, and I thank you all for listening. This was Harvey. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, thank you. Trust in Jesus, man. Hey. And may we all again meet in the right light of understanding. God yeah. bless you. Thank you. This is Theo Henderson from Weedy and House. We're in the studios today. We're practicing social distancing. So in the studios, I have, I'm gonna let her introduce herself. She's been a very big proponent and we were talking about uh, the coronavirus earlier. And we were talking about it reaching all of us. The title of this podcast is called, We're All in the Same Boat. We're in this together. So we are going to get some insight on what it is like for, the unhoused looking into shelters as an option. I personally will not be going to shelter. One, I have injuries, and then I also um, feel that shelters have had always a bad historical precedent with me, um, as well as the, uh, the NIMBYs and the mantra that they, we always need security and police officers because we're criminals. And I don't like feeling like I'm in prison uh, because you guys don't feel like it when, or normally. Uh, most importantly as well is also is the uh, health dangers that follows it as well. If you want to help me, you can get me a motel room where I can have my own place where I don't have to put my belongings in a trash can and I can be able to do my own hygiene needs. I can go to the bathroom and not worry about having to plan a Mission Impossible course to find a bathroom. So without further ado, let me introduce my guests. So tell us for the audience, how would you like to be called and your, your pronouns if you like. Um, so my name is Victoria. Um, she, her is fine. Um, so yeah. Thank you very much for coming. She traveled fast distances. But the reason why I brought her here, because she's very important to uh, the Weedy House movement, because she has been on an investigation on how these shelters are. So she's going to tell us a little bit about that. So what's going on? So I personally went to um, the North Hollywood one first, and it was full. And I figured they wouldn't let me take pictures in there. And also, I don't want to come off as intrusive because there are still people there. Um... I, it wasn't, it's just a recreation center. We've all been to one. So it was emergency. So it was, it was built very fast. Of course, they didn't have 
they didn't make a wall to separate everybody. It's just a bunch of army beds with a piece of cloth over it. Um, there is no real sense of privacy. Um, I do have video footage and photos. Same thing with the bathrooms. They didn't even um, section it off. I, from your your um, from your podcast, I've heard. I forgot their name, but a trans person talked about yeah, exactly. that being an issue. Exactly. Like, so they're just exposed. Yes. Uh, um, I mean, it's a pool place, so you're not. It wasn't made with the intention. So you normally, you'd have a bathing suit, but no one's walking in there with a bathing suit. So even there's no even real door between the outside and the actual bathroom. Hmm. So for me, it was just. I mean, I had a feeling it was like that, but it's just you're putting a bunch of people sick and not sick in a gym. There is police there. Um, one of the vehicles, it looks a bit kind of undercover. Um, and I saw allied services or the private security one. I was surprised they actually had nurses on the scene. Um, Can I back up a little bit because I want the audience to understand. Allied University has had an open hostile relationship with unhoused people. In particular, like for example, they have been enfolded into the Chinatown Business Improvement District employees. They go out of their way terrorizing unhoused people, uh, trying to mace the grandmother, have been trying to uh, upset the community when I was here in the park, and they have a very close relationship with the police. So that's disconcerting as well. Um, They are not Business Improvement District and police officers have really should not be in the forefront of any shelter anyway but I digress but please continue no I, I absolutely agree with that um yeah I mean I, I'm not sure what else to add I just I just I saw that the conditions were not ideal I'm not surprised it was built in like 10 seconds um <laughs> what other shelters do you go to beside North Hollywood oh actually the North Hollywood I was not able to get into so it's the Granada Hills one that I'm mostly talking about oh okay um the at least on Monday when I went, I was surprised the beds weren't filled. However, Granada is very inaccessible. Mm-hmm. Um, I am I do I definitely have a certain level of privilege. I simply Ubered from North Hollywood to Granada Hills, um, and it I, it's the same thing that I said about the North Hollywood one. It's not ideal. There's no real ability to quarantine the motel. Unhoused people have been saying what they wanted, so clearly um, they weren't built while talking on house people. They just did it themselves. Well, that's the problem. That's been the problem for so long. And I, I was on a meeting and it's like, it's very apparent that it's a very uh, patronizing or paternalistic idea about unhoused people. Uh, for example, one of the leaders said that they feel comfortable if uh, the police were on the bus with unhoused people. And that showed me his privilege and his, uh, his, his, his shelteredness. Uh, the second thing that I have is like, because the reason why many times many of these shelters are inaccessible, we must acknowledge the part that we as society has played on against unhoused people. The nimbyism has dictated the viewpoint of unhoused people as criminals. Case in point, in that same meeting, someone, and I got pretty uh, irate about it, and I want to tell our audiences, one of them was saying they were worried about unhoused people creating burglaries and, uh, on property, and how can we assure these people? And I tell this answer to you it is publicly. We're in a pandemic where people are dying, and it is not due to the unhoused people. But we don't care about some material possession because it's irrelevant at this point. People are dying by almost the thousands. It's a global pandemic. 
and if you have to hold your hand and coddle you for your biases, then that says there's something we need to really re-examine. And most importantly, the ones that are helping unhoused people, let's understand this. Unhoused people need to be heard and need to be listened to instead of being patronized and told that we should be able to grin and bear it in these different shelters. Uh, I have a question. Did you hear about the 30 unhoused people that are affected with the coronavirus in the shelter? To be honest, I did not. That is one of the reasons why many, uh, especially the CDC director has stated herself, we social distance ourselves. We are also we're required to be in motels. The only reason why that I think they could be is could be greed and just basically the disdain that people have for unhoused people. Do you have, uh, did you notice that there were garbage cans there for unhoused people to put their belongings? What do you think that says as a message to the unhoused community? That I mean, I've seen sweeps that it's inappropriate, but, you know, that your belongings are trash. And that's that's not up for us to determine. That's what is yours is yours. It should be respected. Um, but yes, I did notice that. I mean, at a shelter, you can't bring all your things into there. That's another stumbling block why unhoused people might not be uh, using those shelters. But the second thing is that it's the message to me as an unhoused person that is always you're trying to always let me know where my place was because my stuff is garbage. At a moment's note, you can dump it in the trash. And the security and business improvement district and, and the police officers are always the first person to be called or they're calling the police on us. So that is also another subtle dig at unhoused people, that we are all criminals and drug addiction. Um, so what else other things, have you talked with any of the unhoused or what was your perspective when you first saw this? Did, did they have any reason um, to want to go to the shelter? No, <laughs> I mean, that's the big thing. Like when you actually ask like, unhoused folks, then you, you definitely hear that a lot. I remember one person I spoke with, I mean, they said that it reminded them of prison. Mm -hmm. And I've I've known some residents in like Echo Park, for instance, and I get it, Echo Park is beautiful. Like, I love walking around parks and um, just being outdoors is nice. I mean, I talk like a lot of crap about like LA polluted air and stuff, but I do like going out, I, I get it. So, yeah. So as, as the parks is not just for the house, NIMBYs, uh, to have an Easter egg hunt, it's also for unhoused people as well. They are citizens, they have the right to enjoy it, but we are in a housing epidemic as well as a pandemic. And if we are in this together, then we have to start to break down and dismantle some of the stumbling blocks. One of the stumbling blocks I think is the house community has got to understand. You may be out pretty soon if this pandemic continues, you may be having your things out there in Echo Park in a tent. And then as, as funny as it is, someone may be calling the police on you. You may not get that job that you hate to see unhoused people um, are out here in the, in the wilderness. And most importantly, you may be considered a drug addict or a drug dealer or whatever. So we are truly in this together. Also, I wanted to talk about the coronavirus implications. Um, I, I, I don't want to presume, um, but could you tell us, um, if, you, if you don't mind, your ethnicity? No, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm Vietnamese. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm Vietnamese. <laughs> okay, so 
as a Vietnamese, uh, because we've been talking about this, there's been a lot of anti-Asian sentiment. Do you want to discuss a little bit about that and why that is dangerous? Because I, I, I'm Weedy on Houses against this, and I've been making some episodes on it, and I, I really want to talk about this so we can understand that these walls, these tribalistic walls, and pointing fingers of blame, um, it's it's inappropriate. So please. Oh yeah. Um. Thank you for asking. I'm. I'm honestly mostly frustrated with um, Asian people who suddenly want to talk about racism throughout this and this pandemic when they were quiet the whole time when like Black and Latinx people were talking about racism. I mean that was my big issue on it. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course I don't like think it's fun like the racism towards Asians because of this. Like of course that's not okay. It's just this shouldn't be the first time Asian people are talking about racism. I think you should have cared before it became relevant, mm-hmm. or we should have cared before it became relevant. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've heard a f- couple cases where like some Asian people have like actually been physically like harmed and mm, stuff, and exactly. that is unfortunate. Like, of course, like, I think that's disgusting. Um, yeah. <laughs> well said. I I I do have that issue, and I also have one of the issues is because we're in this pandemic, people are returning back to the old biases. I had a very uh, uh, friend of mine that has listening to some very problematic things and is blaming unhoused people for the coronavirus. So let's be clear, unhoused people are not traveling overseas with the coronavirus. Let's be clear, the Asians, Americans, not in total, are not the ones with coronavirus. The coronavirus has been out before the coronavirus pandemic. It's just taken another mutation. And it's been always been here. It's been here at least for late five or six years. So we need to be clear about that. They didn't just pop up in Wuhan, China, and or, is, or like the, some of the conspiracy theories says that it was in a lab. And, you know, it's, it's just feeble attempts to make sense of superstitious ideas. Uh, so I want to say, uh, is there anything else you want to tell the guests about um, the coronavirus uh, or, or the shelters or to get us to bridge this divide that we have together? I just, something that I've been thinking a lot about is this is clearly a health issue and it should be responded with health care, not with policing. Um, and the big thing is shelters are not an answer. I'm not saying anything new. You and other unhoused folk have been saying this. I mean, the unhoused need a house. Mm -hmm. It's not unsheltered people, it's unhoused. Need, we all have the right to quarantine. We all have the right to housing, affordable housing. So, I'm not saying anything new, but that's what I just feel. I, I totally agree. And most importantly is that coronavirus does not discriminate by age, gender, uh, orientation, uh, what color eyes you have, if you have one hand or not. It does not care. Death is death. And so we all must take the necessary uh, precautions, but we cannot give way to racism, bigotry, and uh, tribalistic ideas or societal bias about unhoused, anti-Asian, uh, anti-Black, or anti-anything of a sentiment that is being dispersed out here in our society, particularly by President Trump. This is Theo Henderson from Weedy Unhoused, and I thank you all for listening. May we again meet in the light of understanding. This pandemic has affected me as well as you on many similar levels and differently as well. For me to be in house in the unprecedented global pandemic rivaling a scientific fiction movie is sobering. It has been said that in true moments of crisis, one learns who one really is. 
places like Starbucks, telling me as an unhoused man that I was not allowed to use the restroom as a human being, as well as not to shower as if I was being scolded as a, a child, which I was not going to do anyway. The fact that organizations like About My Father's Business and food justice activists goes out of her way on cold nights in particular to a scared, ill, domestic abuse survivor to make sure she is fed. Let's look at the character of our city leaders having to be pressured into have to do their jobs to help all Evangelinos, not just the house ones. Let us look at their response. Their response is to allow societal biases and discard medical advice on how to place unhoused people. For example, the CDC director has stated that it is very unwise to displace unhoused people, put them in motels where they are able to have access to running water, bathrooms, and they don't have to deal with that ridiculous 60-gallon rule. Putting the unhoused in shelters instead of motels and hotels. The message with the 60-gallon wastebasket tells us all you want to know about how we see the unhoused. Now, here is a sobering thought. What if it will be you? Rent is due on the 1st through the 5th. And if you're not wealthy and can afford to pay the back rent with a non-existent job due to the city's mandate, it will be you. I hope the lesson out of all of this is understanding and compassion that the majority of unhoused people have circumstances like you and are facing now. And there is an abysmal support system for the unhoused community. The only solutions that many of our society, maybe you have also touted, is the police, the business improvement district, and NIMBYs. If your thought process were about using the police and they're just great to be dealing with the unhoused crisis, that is not a crime to be unhoused, then you fall in that number. As many of you are faced with sleeping in cars, remember there are businesses that call to have the unhoused with families harassed. As you lay awake at night, trying to figure out what you will do, get out of bed and go get a 60 gallon garbage bag and put all of your life belongings in that in 10 minutes. If you have families, put their things in there too. Remember how you heard about people discouraging you to give money to the unhoused because they will use drugs? Maybe they will say that about you. Even friends, you will have to sit there and stew in their arrogance and ignorance. Let's take another example. If you were employed and you turned down an unlivable wage to find housing, you will be told that you don't want to work. If you thought this was a nightmare, then wake up. The unhoused community has endured this and more. This is Theo Henderson for the We The Unhoused, and I thank you all for listening. And may we again truly meet in the light of understanding. Special thanks to Carla Green, Carlos Nieto, Jed Period, Melissa Acerdero, Lady M, Sarah Chisholm, Victoria, Harvey, Raymond Burr, CCED, Zen and Mario, Michelle Liu, and all of the unsung heroes that have came in and checked on me during uh, this pandemic as well as my entry. 
I also want to take a special thanks out to LAUSD workers who has insisted to make sure that I was okay during this pandemic that looked in on me. If you would like to sponsor or you're looking for sponsors and you would like my podcast, here are the rules. It's very simple. The Weedy in-house does not believe in discriminating against anyone. We don't believe in putting people down or blaming and finger wagging. If this is a message with the exception of Starbucks, who has done that, that goes against the very values and core, core values of the Woody House Productions, then please give me a contact. I'm on Twitter. I'm also on uh, my email as well as I'm also on YouTube. Thank you all for listening. And I hope we again meet in the light of understanding. dad the dress 30 to 50 feral hogs if you knew what any of those were you spend too much time online and hey i do too 16th minute of fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me jamie loftus and every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day who are they what made them so notorious how did the internet or the algorithm choose them and what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish-Sussman, every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.